the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Warner, Director and Executive Coach at Professional Presentation Services. And with me today is Franco Perez. He is a mobile home expert and he works for Franco Mobile Homes. He is going to be talking with us today, giving us some insight into his industry and his day-to-day. We're super excited to have him on. Franco, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, of course. Of course. I know you're a super busy man and we're, we're really excited to have you on here. So before we get too far into the, the questions, and as you can tell, I'm really excited, give the audience a little bit of a background. Our listeners want to know a little bit about you. So what do you do currently day to day? What's your, your uh, time like? How do you spend your time now? And then take us back a little bit and how you got into this. Totally. So I guess right now, our company that we built really focuses on getting uh, people that can't afford real estate, people that want to get out of renting and into home ownership. We help them attain uh, that ownership. And we actually found that mobile homes are a perfect way for them to kind of have that hybrid model of ownership and renting. Because we all know that uh, when you're renting, you kind of, for a lot of people out there, rent is the biggest expense that they have. And if we can optimize that payment uh, to better ourselves and better our family and getting into home ownership, it can make a big difference for people. So we came across mobile homes and found out that there's a whole lot of myths around mobile homes. When we think mobile homes, we think trailer trash, we think eight mile (laughs) and just like criminals in there or whatever, but you'll be surprised. It's very shocking how how beautiful these places can be, especially like in the Bay Area and in California. But did I answer your question right there, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so during so you spend your time now, like what scouting out locations or or helping pair people with the right locate the type of house they're looking for, or what's your day to day like? Gotcha. So yeah, so we have a full team. We I I do a lot of the business partnerships the negotiating with vendors and also partnerships with the park owners. Mm. So a lot of people that own these mobile home parks, we show them how we can deliver value by putting in newer, nicer homes into their parks while also providing more affordable housing in that area too. So the cities love it because it, it hits their quota of affordable housing in like the city of San Jose. The park owners love it, love it because we're, essentially raising the value of their parks. Uh, and then the residents love it too, because they have a stepping stone towards home ownership also. Sure. Yeah. That, I was just thinking, I had a couple of thoughts while you were speaking. And as my listeners know, my mind goes super fast, but uh, the Me first too. thought was, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's why we get along so well. Um, <laughs> My first thought was, I remember a colleague of mine a few years back, she um, many, invited a lot of us from work to to her, what she called, you know, a mobile home. And some of us had that misconception that, okay, we're, we're going to a trailer. I don't know if I want to go. Whatever. But then when we got there, it was, it was like half of a castle. It was huge and it was gorgeous. Really? Yeah. So I don't think yeah. a lot of people realize the, uh, the potential of, of something. Oh, exactly. I mean, if you can imagine especially just what you said there. And here in San Jose, inventory, this is the Silicon Valley where inventory is so low. People are either renting. If you have a family, 
let's say family of four, you're either renting at about 3,300 a month. So you're either renting at that or you'd have to purchase a home. Median price here is $1.4 million, right? <laughs> and how do you go from one to the other? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, if you can't save up for a huge down payment, if all of your money is getting, is getting bled out by rent, uh, and then how do you compete to, how do you even get yourself to a level to be able to purchase a $1.4 million house? And these aren't pretty houses either. You know, that's kind of the average priced homes that you'll see. And there's, there's always kind of been one or the other, and nobody's really exposed that in between. Uh, and with this, this is that in between. And when you really break down all those myths and everything, you know, they appreciate all the benefits of home ownership, the tax write-offs, uh, the appreciation, the equity, and all these things. And it's been our passion to let more and more people know about it and know that this is an option because there's so many people my age or that are just trying to get themselves a level up and they don't know that this is an option and that this could financially get them in a better position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you, if you know my background too, but my family moved here from the Philippines when I was young. Uh, this is part of why I really drove to try to build this company was when I was young, my parents split off and my dad was the only person working. But when it was just my, my mom, my sister, it was hard for us to continue to pay rent. We literally had to borrow money every month to pay rent. And it was, it was very difficult. We, were, we felt we were working our hardest. We were just trying to stay in this area. And it was so impossible to just keep up with making that payment. And then going through that struggle, I know that today that there is a lot of people that was going through that pain uh, and don't feel that the dream of homeownership is possible. And by building what we're building, that's really our biggest focus is to make that possibility and open that door for a family that just wants that chance to get out of renting and into ownership. Wow. That's a really, really powerful message. It seems like obviously you're very passionate about it. It's like deep rooted almost. Yeah. Thanks. And it it really is. And, And I kid you not, I see it every time that we help these people, there's nothing more fulfilling because obviously I think in the real estate industry, everyone's, everyone's, dream is to sell multi-million dollar homes to rich and successful people, you know, because one, those are big commissions. Those are fat commissions you can make. It's super lucrative, but I, I hate, I honestly hate how the real estate industry has become that way because it's almost like you're chasing, you're competing to help all the well-off and wealthy people out there. But with that, all the real estate agents are ignoring and giving a lower level of service to the people that really are just trying to get started. And there really isn't a lot of agents that are excited to help people get their first home. It's almost like they're ignored. Mm-hmm. But when they end up coming to us, we always hear these stories. And I wish you could see these testimonials, but they're like, yeah, you know, nobody was willing to help us, but they were. I never thought we'd be able to own in the, in the Bay Area. And especially when they transition to that and then they get to that step to where then they could buy single family. Yeah. It's just, it's just so fulfilling to be able to help these people. And it's, it's, it's what drives me to bring that energy to grow our business really. 
Oh, for sure. It, it, it comes through. I'm sure listeners can hear. <laughs> I can hear it right now. I have two thoughts while you were speaking there. And my, my first is, yeah, I'm assuming that's more of, that's more gratifying, more of a motivator for you than anything else, knowing that you're helping families that have been overlooked by, um, by, I guess the industry. And my second thought is, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I'm glad you, you articulated that because I mean, it makes sense, right? The, if you're the larger, the sale, the larger, the commission. So people are probably aspiring to get those higher commissions. And then if, if you're a real estate agent who has a number of different property values on their desk, maybe the lower, the lowest one, maybe that goes to the bottom of the list. Someone who has the lowest limit, maybe they push that to next week. And mm -hmm. that's the family that, like you said, needs the shelter, needs the place probably the most. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So Franco, tell us, how did you decide to go into this industry? Did you kind of fall into it or did you know from the time since your childhood, like, this is what I want to do? You, you know, so I was, I was in a position where I was working for a real estate company and, and really tried to figure out a way to fix this issue of affordable housing. Cause you know, we already spoke on it, but there is this huge gap of barrier and, you know, I, look, I went the political route, try to see if I can make a difference in affordable housing there. Quite honestly, it just wasn't for me, a lot of lobbying, a lot of slow movement. And I was trying to find out a way that I was trying to find something that really could help move the needle. Mm -hmm. And I just ran across these parks and I realized there's a lot of these parks in these areas. And there's actually a ton of parks throughout the whole country. And especially these parks that are in high density areas, San Jose or the Bay Area, LA County, San Diego. And there's a ton of other metro areas that have mobile home parks as well. But the conversation around it has always, you know, I really studied it and it makes a lot of economic sense. Uh, so I decided to really take a deep dive into it and go all in uh, towards mobile homes. And, you know, we, we built it out, we tested it, we made sure that all our theories were correct. And it just, crew from there. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So how, like, I guess, how long have you been active in this industry? So nine years now in the mobile home industry. And then, yeah, so nine years servicing mobile homes, two and a half years with our own company that really just specifically focuses on mobile homes. But yeah, so building the company was a whole nother uh, thing. But yeah, now that we have our own, we are able to kind of grow that at scale and really just focus on, on that industry and focus on the clients and grow in a much better rate and the way that we want it to grow. Right, for sure. And obviously you're, you're wise to do that. You know, you maximize your probability of success, use all the data you can. I, I, I'm going to ask this next question, but I'm going to try to frame it in the best way because I asked the previous guest this. Uh, so I asked them, you know, what, what's one key lesson you learned in your industry and then when you started your your business and they asked me well starting my business was a whole nother animal than than from the industry <laughs> so in the mobile home industry a veteran of nine years such as yourself you've probably seen more ins and outs than anyone else i know so what is once one thing you learned that you didn't think you didn't anticipate when you got into it that you learned about mobile homes in that business these are two questions right one for when I'm in the mobile home industry. And the second is when I built the company. Is that what you meant? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, tell yeah. I, I, more focus on the the mobile home for now. Like, because for a lot of people, it's new territory. We've never heard of it. So, like, or we've yeah. heard of it just peripherally. But yeah, if you could tell us some some info about it. Yeah. So I guess with that is really, and we went over a lot of, about it. But I guess one thing that was a key lesson is that sometimes even if it makes a ton of sense, it's hard to deliver that message to the masses, and it's hard to deliver that. It's obvious that this is a no-brainer thing that works, but how do you how do you deliver that communication to the person that wants to get into ownership, or how do you deliver that communication to the park, um, to the park owner? Learning how to, you know, I was never really a good communicator, but learning how to do that through books or through listening to people talk, communication is one of the most important skills I think when it comes to building anything. And it's not just business or monetary, it's it's teaching your kids, it's pursuing a mission or a vision. You know, it's interesting. I say that communication and conversation is actually an art. And with art, with any form of art, whether it's video, photography, painting, art is a delivery of emotion. And what we're doing when we're communicating is I'm transferring emotion to you and you're transferring emotion back, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding that is key. And what's also interesting is if you look at babies or toddlers, you know, they can't speak words or what whatever, but they do a good job of helping you understand how they feel. You know, if they're if they're in pain, they know with body language and tonality how to express to their mother that they're in pain. You know, and they they deliver that that emotion and feeling to their parents. And how do you do that? with a customer, with, with a park owner, with a resident, you know, how do you express that? Hey, making this move out of renting to a mobile home ownership is going to get you in a much better position for your future, right? As important as we know that that is for them, they don't know that yet. Right. Mm. But how do you express that to them? They don't want to know the fine specific details and numbers and all the stuff that I study, but (laughs) just helping them understand the simple key points and delivering that to someone so that they can understand is very important to know. And, and it's just like why people listen to your podcast too, because they know that this is important, Mm -hmm. whether it's sales or uh, whether it's, um, you know, leading a company or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. And we'll touch on leadership in a moment, but, but yeah, you're exactly right. I think all my guests for sure and a large proportion of my listeners they they know that leadership or leadership communication is a skill that really helps you elevate and and ascend in whatever industry you're in because Mm -hmm. the higher up you go the more responsibility you have the more leadership you have the more people you are accountable to and for and you need to communicate those messages right whether it's like you said sending a motion or you know sending the latest updates and that needs to be sent efficiently and received effectively right mm-hmm. exactly so now that you find yourself in a, in a leadership position and i'm obviously you're going to continue to grow and become more successful can you tell us a little bit what's the connection between speaking and communication and leadership yeah so when it comes to Speaking and communication. So talking to a customer is always one thing. Talking to someone one-on-one direct is 
it's almost a whole nother subject being a leader, you know, with the leading side of things, whether it's a staff, whether uh, it's an employee or anything like that, the true delivery of the why and the impact that this person is creating uh, really makes a difference of having someone that works with you be effective or not. It, I feel like oftentimes in a lot of workplaces, we're just telling people what to do and, and giving them a process of how to do it. But we forget to sometimes tell them why what they're doing is important. And I think when they actually, when a leader is able to deliver that why of why it's important, that employee can follow the process or not, but they will be inspired to really get the job done and they'll be resourceful of figuring it out, whatever it takes. And, you know, there's often times that they, they, at least my team, like the people that work with me always find a way, even if there isn't a way previously, uh, but it's because they really know that what they're doing is important for people. And that resonates with them. Uh, and sometimes I feel like if it was one or the other, that is way more important. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, really just focusing on the why and then helping them understand that the impact they're making. Because especially with big companies, let's say you work at Oracle and you're doing marketing and that sort of thing. There's so many people in corporate companies that aren't fulfilled because they don't understand that what they're doing is making an impact. And it's not that they're not making an impact. It's that they don't understand that they're, they're making an impact. And then we end up getting burnt out or uninspired or like unfulfilled, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So there's nothing more important than that. I feel like within a business is to really break that, to help people understand that what they are doing is important and help them understand why. Absolutely. And on that note, I think when they understand why, I mean, the research supports this, but I think you're definitely onto something because when people understand the role that their task plays in the bigger picture and how much impact it will have, they're more invested in it. And especially you have the benefit of working with, I don't want to say a, like not a small team, but, but a team that's very, that's tightly knit and, and, everyone kind of leans on each other. So I think in your circumstance, it pays particular dividends because uh, those people are very motivated to help everyone succeed. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So, so you, you discussed, you, we speak with, you speak with customers, you speak with uh, clients, you also speak with park owners and, and regulators and various parties. But I want to talk about a specific type of communication here. Do you ever come across negotiations? All the time. Yeah. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that, if, if you don't mind. What, what's that like? Sure. So I guess with negotiating, biggest important thing with negotiating is understanding the other party's perspective and really learning what are the things that that person wants. Negotiating is really a trade of value. We're not trading, we're not trading dollars, but it's trading value. So we do a lot of B2B negotiations or and that sort of thing. So whether it's you're negotiating a contract on a purchase or negotiating a long-term vendor partnership, right? So, but the most important thing I think in negotiating is one, understanding their perspective, what are their wants, 
what are the things that they don't want or they feel that we would ask for? Uh, that's one big important thing. And the other is really listening and, and listening to the words that they say, how they feel when they're saying it, and also listening to their body language as well. Or if it's not a video thing, you can also kind of hear, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but you can hear yeah, yeah a ton of voice over the phone as well. And it's important for anybody in any negotiation that they want to feel heard and they want to feel that their wants are addressed. Uh, I always say, start with that first. And before you start asking for a lower price or a higher price, or whatever it is, that's a key thing in any negotiation. So if it's a construction worker, for example, a, a construction company that we need a partner with being able to address their needs that, Hey, we do need a lower price on this specific home but I can promise you three other jobs in the next three months or whatever it is, right? Mm. Helping them understand that you might have to take a smaller margin here, but I can promise you and tell them that with economies of scale, that I'll get you more deals in the future, Mm. right? And finding those connections, really. I think communication and negotiation is all about connecting the dots, what is it that they want? What's important to them? Sometimes they're thinking that their their biggest point of the conversation is to make the most out of you. But if you switch that dialogue to making more consistent long-term income for them in a partnership with them, mm-hmm. if you create that dialogue instead, then they start to understand. Then they start to realize that you're right. This is, this is something that's not just, I'm not just going to make money off of this deal, but long-term. Yeah, that's interesting. So you you'll reframe almost the value prop for them that it's not short term, you know, you have to kind of help them see the long term benefits. Exactly. Yeah, that's excellent. That's and and how do you find when you you mentioned you and I spoke earlier, you mentioned controlling the pace, how does that fit into this into negotiations? Oh, gotcha. So that's that's if we start talking about sales, I think controlling the pace is a very important thing. And, uh, and some controlling the pace and we'll go back to talking about controlling the emotion, right? So kind of like if you're showing a home, whatever, and understanding timing is very, very important. So you don't, as that buyer is looking at the home and they're pointing out, Hey, there's a cracked window here. Mm -hmm. It's not obviously not the time that you want to ask, Hey, you want to make an offer. right? (laughs) So, So that's, that's the worst time. But then on the opposite end, when's the best time, you know, when they're imagining, the furniture that they're going to put in or the moments they're going to have with their family at that location. And you can also frame the conversation to be there before you ask for, Hey, let's write an offer. Right. You know, I think, you know, and that suggestion, knowing that, knowing the timing of that Mm. and then controlling the pace. And there's a lot of emotions that come out from B to C. So like the customer, you can t- you you have to be able to understand what state of mind that they're in, and sometimes you'll have customers that are very angry and speaking very quickly. And when you how do you turn that into a slow speaking uh, conversation and really changing that pattern, which I might talk about later, but pattern interrupt and really there are people that have conversations and you can tell that it's spiraling into a breakdown situation, whether they're losing their house or have there's times where they've lost a family member 
or something like that. We deal with that a lot. And although it is a very tragic situation, we're here to try to help them out with the best situation for their home. So keeping them back on pace with the main mission and changing that pattern interrupt of where they're about to cry, but get them back into the, hey, I understand that this is a sad moment for the family. And keep in mind that I'm here to try to help you the best we can, but we really have to figure out your assets and we don't want you to lose this home because of the fact of this moment of, you know, losing family in the recent time, but helping getting people's mindset in the right frame so that they can make the right decisions. Cause we, we always make bad decisions when we're not in the right mentality mm-hmm. uh, and, and people in the right mentality is very important in those times. Yeah. So I might've went on a large tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. You, you kind of, you, you jumped from one to the next fine. That was no problem. Uh, but wow. As you're speaking, I'm just thinking, I imagine, I can't imagine how many different situations and circumstances you have found yourself in regarding these types of tragic or unfortunate situations where, like you said, like a loss of a family member or perhaps a divorce or someone needs to downsize, they lost the job. And it might not be the most pleasant of circumstances that you have to help kind of guide these people through to make an informed decision that will benefit them down the road. Like you said, sometimes they're, they're just not in that frame of mind. That's you've probably developed a lot of tools over the years to deal with these situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all out of good heart. You know, it's the same you know, it's the same for me, the why, you know, the tools that developed to, to really do that is because we do want to help people. And, and a lot of times people feel like sales or, learning communication is manipulative or something mm. in that way. I think it's, but having good communication helps strengthen who that person is. If you're a good person, it helps you become better at leading a charity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could work in the opposite way. And sometimes like if someone is, does have bad intent, that could work that way too. And that's why I always say communication is one of the most important skills to have to, you know, cause also, if you don't have that level of communication, sometimes there's going to be times where maybe you can be taken advantage of in certain moments because you can't say what you have to say or what you want to say. And it can really change the trajectory of your life if you know how to communicate. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like, and I, not, not just because it sounds like this now, but because I know you, the the families that are in your hands and that, that work with you to to get their home situation secured, they're very fortunate because they have someone who's looking out for their best interests and who doesn't have, as you mentioned, ill intent. So, so that's definitely advantageous. Thanks. <laughs> All right. I know we're coming up on time here, Franco, and I know your time's super valuable. So just, just one last question, and then, then we'll give you the last word here. My last question, let's say there's a, a younger version of Franco out there, or you know, there's a bright-eyed college graduate that's looking to get into mobile homes and looking to, to start in that industry. What advice mm-hmm. would you give them? What, what would you tell them? Any words of wisdom? Oh, man, that's tough. Read more, I'd say. I think a lot of what I've, I didn't, I didn't go the regular college route because I had to work right away, but I would say read more about and being resourceful with books is probably the most important thing. 
I think we learn so much faster when we have to. And the same with me and the same with anyone that's at any different level of stage. If you're just only in sales, read tools to put in your tool belt around sales. If you're starting a company, read a book around starting a company. If you're trying to go to your second or third location, uh, your second or third or scaling a business, there are books around that. And it's crazy how many, how much resources there are out there. And we just don't know how to use it yet. Uh, so I guess my advice would be, be super resourceful with the knowledge that's out there because you can find, you can learn anything off of this website called Google or <laughs> you, <laughs> and there's literally nothing you can't find. And I think the only disconnect that's out there is really being resourceful and using that information. So I think that's the biggest thing that I would teach the younger Franco. And I wish I learned that way sooner because you can really learn anything through, through just finding it. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. That's a great message. So, so take your, take your education, take your future into your own hands, empower yourself with knowledge. And yeah, that, that's a great message it, on this podcast. We just preach about one book, but, but more books are welcome, you know, just, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. All right, Franco. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for those listening out there who want to get in touch with you, or maybe they're in the Bay Area or they're around and they're, they're interested in mobile homes, how can people get a hold of you or how can people follow what you're up to? Yeah, yeah. We have a we have a YouTube channel where we try to help enlighten people about how that works. Uh, we're not just in the Bay, we're throughout California. But yeah, it's Franco Mobile Homes. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Google us anywhere. <laughs> and it, yeah, and yeah. it's it's Franco, uh, F-R-A-N-C-O-P-E-R-E-Z. If you want to connect with him on LinkedIn, I'm sure, I'm, I know I'm speaking for you right now, but you'd be happy to connect and speak with them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Franco, last word before we, before we sign off, anything else you want to say? Shoot. I don't. That last word that I said, I felt, felt went really well. <laughs> 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 All right. We'll, we'll um, double down on it. We'll double down on it. Be resourceful, believe in yourself, and really take the time to learn to communicate. I, it's the most important skill, I think, especially with technology taking over a ton of jobs. It's one of the last things that AI can really take over is communication. Just like your guys' podcast, it's so important to learn how to communicate and, and take the time to really study and learn people, uh, learn how uh, people communicate. So we get ended on that. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah. We're ending it. We're in it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Franco, again, for coming on Franco uh, Perez from, he's a mobile home expert from Franco mobile homes, get in touch with him. He'll help you out. And for all you listeners out there, we wish you success in your future endeavors. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. I love what you're doing, by the way. Thank you.